Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor's going to distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.com. FM to get started. Chloe's back and swear she's fine. Beeskeepers and avocado honey. I'm from LA and even I think that's going too far. And my lilum's better than yours, Linda. That's right. I'm a creep. I'm a weirdo. What the hell am I doing here? Oh my God. Lucifer is back. We are talking the most much anticipated Netflix Lucifer season four, episode one. Everything's okay. Or is it? The After Buzz After Show starts right now. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Yes! We're here. Tell me your desires, Stephen. You. Okay, maybe don't tell me. Maybe not tell me. So weird. That was my fault. I shouldn't have asked. Why did you do that to I, us? You know what? I don't know. I don't know. I do these things. Ugh. The Ugh. devil's in me. I can't lie when he's looking in my eyes. That's the thing. I know. He just has that effect. He does. That's how it works. That's right. We're back. Netflix is Lucifer is back. And when I say Netflix is Lucifer, of course, it was on Fox. But now we're back on Netflix. Season four, episode one. Everything's okay. Oh, my gosh. This one was the much-anticipated Lucifer, and I am joined with an amazing panel as we discuss all things Lucifer Season 4, Episode 1. We're starting all the way to the left. My favorite white boy is in the building, <laughs> Stephen Lemieux! Wow, yeah. Uh, hosted Season 1 of Lucifer after show. I'm really glad to be back and really excited to talk about the show. I thought you'd be... Happy to be my favorite white boy. I'm very disappointed in that. And he then, seemed kind of upset, uh, upset about it. He a little was bit a upset. little weirded out by it, I guess. It yeah. was. It was. <laughs> and, and the queen of the ratchets, Roxy Stryer, is in the building. Yes. Hey-o, hey-o. They you don't know, know the I, true you. And they actually don't know that I feel like I am single-handedly responsible for bringing Lucifer back. The amount of times that I hashtag save Lucifer had to be at least half of what was actually hashtagged. She at. spent so many internet dollars oh, promoting the show. Oh, of the internet dollars. I cannot believe they actually heard us and brought this show back, and I should be getting more thank you cards in the mail. No, no, no. They didn't hear us. They heard you. They Roxy. heard me. They heard uh, you. Can heard we give me. a round of applause thank for Roxy? Thank you. Thank you very, like very that. much. Everyone in the is. chat, uh, you, need to, you need to thank Roxy. Yeah, thank because you. it's for you. I, I remember all your hashtags. It actually was one of the reasons I started watching Lucifer. It was kind of next level, though, because I'm a huge DC fan, and I loved Lucifer, but at the first season, I was like, okay, I'm into the show. Nobody else is watching it. And it just kept snowballing. And people were getting picked up and picked up. And then finally, by the end, when it got canceled, I felt like everybody I knew was watching it. And then it got canceled. So now that we're back. Well, I'm glad I'm someone you know. I'm the host. My That's name's Teron. I am here as we are with the panel. And remember, all of you at home, you are as much, if not more so, a part of the panel than all of us. Uh, and we're going to talk all things Netflix's Lucifer Season 4, Episode 1, Everything's Okay. Today's breakdown, we are going to start with the case the smallest part of the show but it's going to be big in our hearts and then we're going to go to the heart of the show what the case is really about because there's always a double entendre when it comes to these lucifer cases lucifer isn't doing well with chloe being gone chloe isn't doing well with lucifer being the devil lopez isn't doing well with god and detective douche i mean dan isn't doing well at all dr linda's prognosis she always gives one uh deal is home sweet home no more silver city for that guy Maze makes friends and misses some. Oh, Maze. And of course, holy sh- betrayal. 
all that news and gossip special segment, the circles of hell, and more. Let's start with overall thoughts on this episode. Yes! I was so in. I, it was everything I wanted it to be. And the fact that we got booty within the first five minutes, I was like, <laughs> here we are on Netflix. I was so excited to see them back. I'm a lover of love also, so anytime they try to play with my heart, I'm into it. And I thought this episode was fire. It's basically the the knife in your heart when they did not pick up the show after the last episode of season three. It, it, it and And coming back on season four was just exactly what you ever could have hoped for. And they played it right because I was expecting, oh, Chloe's gone, we're going to have half an episode with her not there. And then as soon as she came back, it's just this cast really plays off each other so well and it just gets you right back in the feeling and makes you realize why you love the show so much. So interesting. I'm such a fan of the show and I was not a huge fan of this first episode. Dag And I'm going to tell you heart. why. I'm going to tell you why. Yes, we got booty in the first five minutes but should have been much more. Yeah, right? Facts. We're on Netflix. Now, this is what I was expecting and this is what I mean why I was, I was disappointed. I wasn't disappointed because the show is amazing. What I was disappointed on with is that this show looks like it could have just been on Fox and I was expecting a lot more Netflix. And when I say Netflix, I mean the deep darkness that was brought to the reboot that is Sabrina. And I was expecting much more. Let's delve into it, right? Uh, I loved how they did the callback to Mr. Set Out Bitch. They brought him back for another premiere and things of that nature. And this was just a great Lucifer episode. But that's all. I think with Sabrina, it's kind of a different story, though, because that is a reboot and this is not. This is the same story. And yes, we were a little delayed because of the fact that we were dropped and that picked up, but it's pretty recent that we just had our previous Fox uh, Lucifer show and then we moved to Netflix. So I think they wanted to keep that audience that they already have and not really shake things up when it wasn't totally necessary. This is a show about the devil obviously, but we don't need to be like F this, F that, all the nudity, all the blood, murdering, stabbing. We know that's what's happening, but I don't need there to be as much gore. Yeah, I can't wait for whatever version of Sesame Street comes to Netflix for you to <laughs> on. Like, because the show is what it is, and I think it doesn't need to push the envelope in that respect as long as it stays consistent with the writing and the characters. Now I'm just thinking about what a Netflix Big Bird looks like, and I don't want you that You don't want to know. They call him Big Bird. Don't want to know. Let's break down with the case. Let's start with the case. As much as everyone... And the case is almost like a side note throughout the... Throughout every episode. A hundred percent. And this is the only procedural that I watch, which that is the case. I don't usually care about what's actually happened, what they're trying to solve in any way. It's about the characters and their relationships with each other. But the case also serves like a double meaning. That's true. That's very true. It does serve that double meaning. And that's why the case is kind of important. But in this case, the case, the victim, 55-year-old beekeeper, uh, Bob Goldbach, uh, a.k.a. Bob the Knob. Uh, cause of death, honey scraper to the neck. His wife, Lenore, is the first suspect. Of course, the murderer is U.S. Marshal Luke Reynolds. Spoiler alert, no one cares about that spoiler. I saw that coming a bajillion miles away, and I yeah. thought that this was the funniest. If my nickname is ever the Knob, push me off a ledge. Really? If Roxy I, the Knob? If I'm ever hurting somebody with doorknobs, shove me into the door myself. This was the goofiest of all the cases we've ever had to solve. 
No? I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. I kind of like the case a little. Okay. It was cute. You, you it was cute. It played boys, fun. Pool Boy's the worst nickname? I don't know. I would rather be called Pool Boy. Really? Yeah. I don't know. Pool That'd Boys are always kind of cute. Yeah. Um, that's a thing. The like, you're the, are you the guy who, I don't know, what's scarier? The guy who kills people in a pool is called the Pool Boy or the guy who beats you over the head with a sack of doorknobs? Well, the way you said sack of doorknobs, I'm much more afraid of the sack of doorknobs. <laughs> right. Like You actually made it scarier than I thought. And, and it's not, of, the play was on how silly these mob names are to begin with and mm. how they get them. Which is fun. Yeah, which is fun. I mean, it's Lucifer. Also, Uncle Joe is a dick, so gotta love the background storyline, which usually, because that was the favorite twist of the case for me, was that the mob weren't the guys who they were, were happy him. about yeah, it. Yeah, they were like, no, we were kind of happy about it. Got rid of some dick in our family. Like, I was... <laughs> That was the first twist that I was like, nice. We, we liked back. them. They were happy about it. So that's the case. But then the case had that double meaning. And that double meaning in every episode is so important. This is the projecting. So we get this whole Chloe isn't comfortable with Lucifer and, and someone's projecting and Lucifer's been missing Chloe. What did you think that – what is your deeper meaning that you're finding in all of this? Then? Well, it always Just plays. That. So whenever they talk about the case, they always – they use the case as an analogy to something that's pertaining to what they're going through. And in this case, it was specifically where Lucifer is walking and is basically projecting onto Chloe and and – that was the whole situation. And then, of course, later we find Lenore forgives Bob, which is not usually the case. And that's a, a, a catalyst to Chloe forgiving, quote unquote, Lucifer. But she didn't. Yeah, and Lenore really did. did. Yeah, but it made her think. Yeah. It made her think twice. But I don't know. I view as her- she should. I that's your the- lover. I viewed the case in, in a... <laughs> their lover. They haven't even... Uh, they've kissed once. It was a good lover, kiss. Lover, Tehran. Yeah. I viewed the case in a much different way in, in terms of like an overarching... See, especially with that twist at the end, you have the marshal who's seen as the good guy who is swaying people to kill the people that they shouldn't have forgiven. That's why he was upset with Lenore because everyone has that reaction. They have the reaction of, oh, this person's been lying to you your entire life, and then they kill them or they do something that ruins their life like that, right? So in this case, uh, the marshal is the priest basically talking to Chloe and Chloe is the one who we don't know if she's going to forgive Lucifer. It doesn't look like it. Chloe's the one who's learned this truth and is now going to react like the girlfriend to kill Lucifer. And I wonder if the priest is going to be a bad guy later on, just like the marshal was. Like, it was kind of setting up this dynamic. With- it did. That's what I, It's foreshadowing. It's like foreshadowing. Yeah. And that's why I think Chloe does forgive Lucifer, even though she's clearly having issues with Lucifer so, being the devil. Watching this, you really felt Chloe was forgiving him because there was that look in her eyes the whole time, and you could tell when she cringed when he goes to touch her and all of those things. She's saying she's fine, but did you really feel like she was? I don't think she's going. To, I think that the Lenore question made her question whether she could ever forgive Lucifer. So it can't. It, it happened at the end the same way that this is going to be a transformation for her. It's not something that happens right away. Right, it sparks it in her. Exactly, and it definitely does. She gives the look when she hears the full storyline, and she's basically questioning how could how could you forgive someone like, and then love. That's the concept. And, and the awe that we heard from the booth, that's Jeff Graham. Yeah. And uh, I think he's married. <laughs> he loves love. You think so? He has a, so. Jeff has a wife? I, that's what I've heard. That's all I gotta say, Tron, I'm so resentful that Steven's your favorite white boy. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> Jeff, I don't count you as a white boy. Oh. You should even like that more. Disembodied voice. So, 
do you think Chloe has the right mentality to be afraid of Lucifer? Because as the audience, it kind of were dismayed by it. But So what was interesting for me on this episode is that I didn't know until the end. I didn't know if she was struggling with Lucifer being the devil or her entire concept of God itself. Because if Lucifer is the devil, then you must also accept that there is a God. And... I don't know if you've read the Bible recently, but God kind of doesn't make out too clean either. So both options are pretty terrifying. And until the end, I didn't know what she was going for. So I didn't look at it from that perspective of her struggling with the forgiveness of Lucifer. I thought it was struggling with the knowledge of everything in the afterlife being true. I think it's really challenging because as a viewer, we look at Lucifer, we feel like we know him and we trust him. And so the fact that Chloe is questioning him when we've seen him be honest with her from day one makes me really frustrated with her. But when you actually put yourself into that position, she's now sucked face with the devil. The devil. We've heard all horrible things about the devil. Sure, let's check who the author is, but the concept is it's Lucifer is still the devil. I know. So I don't think we can really blame her for at least second-guessing what's going on because if all of a sudden I figured out my partner for the last several years, the person who'd been telling me he was the devil, who I thought was having some kind of psychotic episode, who I had kissed, who I had a crush on, who I'd let around my daughter, who was around my ex-husband and all of my co-workers was the actual person you read about being the worst man that ever was, then, yeah, of course, I'm going to think, huh, should I be with this person in my life in any capacity? So you can't really blame her, but I do. Well, here's the interesting thing. If it was me, I'd just be flattered that the devil chose me. I'm like, I've never been chosen for anything. Hi. Hi, Lucifer. But would you actually, because at first, maybe you'd be like, that's kind of sweet. But then when you really think about it, you'd say, "Uh uh-oh, why? What what is dark in my soul that the devil chose me? What's going on inside me that the devil wants me? I, that would make me question everything about myself. And she's got her daughter to look after. So that's really scary. It is It is kind of scary. What's even scarier is the fact that we learned that Lucifer actually misses Chloe because Lucifer is the devil. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. that's a revelation that we get. Sure, we've always seen a crush between the two. We've always known he's cared. But he's going crazy. It felt like more than a miss. It felt like he was not capable of being on this earth without her in his life. It felt like an obsession almost. She was the reason. Yeah. And we know that there's that thing where he gets injured when she's around. He's vulnerable. But I didn't know emotionally he was that same way. And it feels like he just can't put the pieces of his life together without her there. Steven looked annoyed at me when I brought up the missing Chloe. Why is he mad? I don't know. No, I'm not mad. I just. Who hurt you, Steven? It's interesting to me because, like, basing off of what Linda – because Linda's always trying to give Lucifer the best advice and have him look introspectively as opposed to outrospectively. Well, that is her job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's just interesting to me because does he miss Chloe or does he miss the vulnerability of humanity? Because, again, his entire relationship with this character was sparked from just an intrigue of why do I become vulnerable around her? So it's just from his own self kind of like what's happening. Obviously, their characters have developed over the past three seasons. But even then, like, does he miss her himself or does he just miss the fact that he can connect further with humanity and be vulnerable? Great question. I don't know. Way to peel that onion. Wow. I mean, that, that ponders it. I'll tell you. Lucifer's like ogres. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I'll tell you who I miss. I miss each and every Shrek one of reference? you. 
It was. It uh, was. I miss each and every one of you every time we have the show and you're not there. Thank you so much for making us the ESPN of TV talk. Yeah. We appreciate you for being a part of the panel. And, of course, here at AfterBuzz, we have a slew of after shows for all your favorite programs. So we need you to rate, comment, subscribe, share, tell your friends. If you're on iTunes, give us that five stars that we so greatly deserve. And I promise you, we will keep giving you the content that you need. Was that the Batman quote? Was it close? I feel like mm. we're the after show you deserve, not the one you need. Was I close? It's almost more like the Rolling Stones. You can't always get what you want, <laughs> but you try sometimes. You're more you're more Mick Jagger, less uh less bat. Ugh, less Bruce. I was going Sorry. for Bruce Wayne. But I'll tell you the real superheroes <laughs> are all of you, so thank you so much and keep commenting below. We will we will we would love to respond to each and every one of you. Thank you so much again. Yeah, comments in the live chat. We got a lot of people in the live chat right now. That's what's up. Ivan says, remember Chloe used to be an atheist as well, so that might have had something to do with it. it. It's a lot to deal with. Not only did you not necessarily believe in God and you're questioning that, but now you didn't think he was the devil. Now you know for fact he is and you've seen his face. And if you've also going back to the Bible, we know that it's really hard to even see God's God can't show his face to you because what you'll see is light. So you wouldn't be able to process it. Or you'll just that differently, disintegrate all of those things. So you have to imagine we're watching it on TV, but the devil's face has got to be a crazy thing to actually see. There's a reason he doesn't walk around just with his face out all day. I don't know what that would be as a human being, how that would affect you in your body and your mind to see the devil's actual face. His real face. Well, you should date more in L.A., Roxy, and you'll right? find out. It's a good point. Yeah. I mean, I or just not. I think I think the concept is, and I like Stephen saying, now you're face to face with the fact the the revelation that there is a devil. That means there is a god for certain, and that's a scary revelation as well. It's the concept of nothingness versus infinite, and both are very hard for us as humans to grasp. Well, it's also. Interesting to also take it from that perspective because I can't say that Chloe can think nothingness and infiniteness. It's also her entire premise for God and the Devil are what she read on her European vacation, National Lampoon's Chloe European vacation, and everything she knows about Lucifer counterpoints what she's reading about him. So now she has to not only know that God exists, but question everything about God as well. Interesting. I mean, and Lopez, Ella's going through the same thing. She is going through this, the ramifications of losing someone and thinking that God has no purpose or and or doesn't exist. What happened to her best friend that was imaginary? Where'd that go? That was a special, that was a special episode. So that doesn't play into this at all? It's, it was an episode that was going to play in and it wasn't an imaginary friend. It was an, uh, an angel. Right. Uh, and that was the big deal. But she deal. thought it was exactly. ever since she was she, a kid. Exactly. I was thinking that we were going to pick that up this season. Well, I, you know, Good. I think it's going to play. It has to play. Okay. Cause it has to play later. I thought it would be in this as she's questioning all these things and that's such a great setup that really she has that outlet and she's got a best friend that is an angel. And then it wasn't there. And I was thinking, what a great time to pop in and check on her, like, now that she's really going through it. But nope. I mean, they kind of touched on the subject, so I'm assuming that we get an episode of her going through this this change and this these thoughts. Because it was only touched on, and we realized, especially Ella was the one who went to church all the time. She was, she was the forever optimist. 
She I, was the Jeff Graham of the group. She kind of still is, though. I love her attitude. She's always bubbly, and she's always looking out for her friends. She's the comic relief of the show. The best shirts. The, the best shirts, <laughs> yes, sure. for sure. That's but then true. she's now become, when it comes to God, she's become a pessimist. And there's a change. Every time God's brought up or anything, her change in demeanor and tone is very noticeable. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder what that arc is going to be this season because I don't know. I don't know if this is a, a slow burn. I guess pun intended. Burn. Hell. Lucifer. Or if this is going to be something where she's just losing faith for a little bit and then boom, it comes back based on one event, one moment, one conversation. I don't know. Oh, I get it. Slow burn. Got Slow burn. Okay. All right. Okay. Thank you. that long? Oh, Detective know. Douche. Now, he's not doing well at all. He's lost Charlotte and... I, I really her. like this character, though. I really like Detective Dan. You like That's him because you're Detective now? Dan. I Steven's think, Detective Dan. I just think it's just one of those characters that from season one till now, they've always found ways to make him interesting, even with him being Detective Douche. And this this new journey that we're sending him on after the death of Charlotte is actually, I, I, I'm excited about where it can go. Because he's no longer just crying over like, oh, my relationship with Chloe and all that kind of stuff. He's now moved on and now we can move on with him as a character that's not just another love interest, love triangle thing with Chloe. I just like seeing him stand up for himself a little bit. Yeah. I mean, Lucifer has treated him like actual douche. Like he has treated him (laughs) really poorly for a very long time. And I think he's sick of it. I miss Charlotte so much. I didn't know that I liked that character in in all iterations. Such a great character. Such a great character. And I wish that uh, I want to see him have a partner again, whether that is a partner at his job, a romantic partner, uh, whatever capacity we can have that because he's kind of an island right now. You're, you mean like you're not shipping Dan and Amenadiel? Because like that's exactly what I, was <laughs> I mean. Like deal was I'm actually not. a thing. No, no. I'm in a Dan. No. Well, uh, but like, what about a bromance? Because like, I really like. I guess we're not on them right now, but like, I re- well, we're I going guess, there anyway. I really liked that scene between the two of them very much, I'm, and it. I couldn't tell if Amenadiel was actually using power or not, or just being there as a. As a friend. You have to assume that if you are an angel, there is some aura of calmingness. So I I think it wasn't him actively using power. I just think he has power. And that's what Dan was feeling, that that love, that gift, and having that burden taken off him that Charlotte's okay. This is like the the Robin Williams, it's not your fault scene. Yeah, Goodwill Hunting, baby. Yeah. How you like them apples? Yeah, I mean, (laughs) Aminadil and Dan is a bromance coming together. And both of them seem to be lost in a space, in a particular space. It's Amina you guys. Dua. It is. Oh, well, no, I'm I'm Lucifer. I just, Who am I? I? Um, you can be Chloe or Ella or Amenadiel. Or Dr. Linda. Mm, I'll be Dr. Linda. Okay. Okay. Oh, no, I'll be Maze. Oh, my God. Are you guys kidding me? Yeah, sorry. I'm going to torture everybody. We were, we, I, I, was, uh, I, I remembered Maze. I just didn't call you Maze. Fine. Fine. You but you're the most maze of all of us. Thank you so much. Because you're hard to figure out. You're a maze. Really? I thought it was just because I feel like she's the one most likely to kill any of us at any given time. Yeah, that's what uh, I was going. Also pretty yeah. true. Yeah, that's, pretty what true. I, that's what I was thinking. That's why I left maze thank out. Thank you so much. Uh, speaking of maze, maze makes friends and misses some. Uh, we have her making up with Linda, especially coming off last season's arc where Aminadil became the third wheel. Thank you for doing that, by the way, Lucifer writers, and not just dwelling on that. Where it was just a scene where it's like, oh, we made up over the last month. I'm like, 
Thank you. Don't need to deal with this drama. Let's move on in a new direction. I'm obsessed with the fact that he walks in and he is <laughs> so good. That they're fighting over him and they are just two badass chicks doing their own thing, not thinking about you, bro. Yeah. Get over yourself, bro. It was a good right hook, though. Oh, so Linda's good. right hook was pretty good. Linda really hit Maze in the. Let's talk about Linda not being afraid of hitting a demon. Right in the face. She has probably grown the most since season one. She has. I mean, girl was a little wimpy. And now, he, I don't know if I would, I'm Maze, and I don't know if I would hit Maze in the face. I mean, she's just. Try to process that. Yeah, uh, that's, uh, okay, got it. She just said that physical violence makes her horny, though, too, so, you know. They played it really well. Let's get it on. Yeah, oh, I'm, I'm shipping Maze and Dr. Linda a little. Kinda? A little. I could see it. Why it'd be, not? It'd be nice. I mean, just, you know, sexual fluidity and all. Just. I don't know if I would have. I don't know if I'd be more likely to have sex with a demon or an angel. Both would really freak me out. I feel like Linda's Switzerland. Like, she's just. She's neutral? Yeah, she's neutral. I don't, I don't feel like she's going to be. She has slept with two of the five major characters. I know. Characters. I just, that's Switzerland, right? Okay. I just think that she's not going to be like an overarching love interest character. I think there's more interesting storylines that they can do with that character without making it just lovey-dovey. The sex is great, obviously, but I don't think they need to put that in any direction. Well, she does give a prognosis to Lucifer and, of course, says that he's projecting feelings of guilt. And with that projection, Aminadil is feeling guilty because he isn't as happy with his trip to the Silver City as he thought he would be. I, I think it's going to be a really rough journey for this guy because he's thinking Earth is something right now that it is not, which is a great place full of only good people and he's going to kick it. And he's just going to – he's going to get – in trouble. I actually don't think he thinks that at all. Really? I actually think he realizes what Earth is, and that's what is so endearing to him. Because really? it's imperfect, and Silver City is so perfect all the time. I don't know. I really liked this. I thought it was more like a commentary on people who moved to Los Angeles. Because they have that conversation, like, why did you move to Los Angeles? And this is kind of the writer speaking to us. I know, like, everyone outside of L.A. is also watching it, but me as a fan, I was like... It was very similar. You go back home after having lived in L.A. for five years, and it's not like the small hometown you're used to. You don't fit in the same way you used to. Things are different. I think Amenadiel is just getting a little too Hollywood. He is getting a little, and he he specifically, the concept is the food is great, I love the ocean, and I guess I met people I care about. And that's where we get that. And with Maze, we meet someone that she cares about even more is Trixie. Thank that you. relationship. God, again, they, they just, they're barreling through these storylines that they set up that I think are just going to take way too long to get through. And they're just going through them. I love it. Yeah, set it up, knock it down. Set it yeah. up, knock it down. I will say, though, I saw this Trixie one coming also because there's no, Trixie's a kid. And it would be strange writing if Trixie was still super duper pissed at Maze. Like, that's not really how kids I bought it. With Trixie, I thought it was at first because I believed Chloe and then I realized how Chloe was lying and uh, keeping her daughter away from a potential threat. And that actually also bothered me because they were so close. But are you understanding of where Chloe's coming from with this? Yes. Okay. Yes, I understand. But it just also Trixie's a kid. And and also because we got to know Maze and Lucifer. But at the same time, they really are demons and the devil. And it's your 
little daughter. This is not an 18-year-old daughter. This is a little girl who does not know better, who she's seen me. She's kind of grown. Yeah. No way. She, she, she Maze has done some whack stuff with Trixie. Stuff that you, you, as a parent, you don't want your friends doing with your kids. True. And now she's a demon. Oh, the devil's in the details. <laughs> that's uh, that's I'm, fact. Maybe all this put together is why there's some type of betrayal that goes on at the end. Or at least we feel like it's setting up for one where the priest walks in on Chloe and the church. I, I don't know what to make of this. It, I I knew that something was going on in Chloe's mind, but for her to really possibly be now, I'm thinking against Lucifer or double teaming or a secret spy or something like that. Woof. Yeah, that was a rough. That was a rough twist. It was rough because the scariest person on the show was that priest. He, there was the oh, creepy factor to him. He's the devil. I don't want to come in touch with that person. I mean, he was this his eyes. Good acting, by the way. It was excellent. Great beard. I, I love this show so much. It's such a good show. Uh, let's find out more about the show. I believe we have some news and gossip, Roxy. Yeah, we do. Because you guys know, I mentioned that booty in the first five minutes. <laughs> and if you were wondering at home, because I know if you're like me, you were, if that was actually Tom Ellis's behind... It definitely was. He was asked by Vulture if he liked uh, the non-constraints of being on Netflix now. And he answered, talking about his nudity, saying, That's all my own nudity this year. I also lost a bet to my trainer when we got picked up for the fourth season. Which meant I had to get back into a different kind of shape than I'd been in before. I had a moment of pride with how I felt and how I looked. I wasn't against the idea of nudity. Get it, Tom. Nice booty, by the way. I I'm gonna I'm gonna double that. I'm gonna double the nice booty. I mean, I love Tom Ellis. Yeah, me too. Me too. And I think it's great. I mean, it's not too much, but I hear we are getting more in episode five as well. Yes. I mean, yeah, that's great. There's that to look forward to. I mean, they've been pushing the sex appeal for Tom Ellis to promote this show. Times Square had a huge billboard with. Basically him shirtless in a rose and kind of thing. So they really... And there was that teaser of him coming out of the pool and all of that stuff. He's hot and he's the devil and people are turned on by that. So way to go. Well, I I couldn't see anyone else play this role at all. To me, Tom Ellis makes the show. I agree. Uh, Hot and the devil. Let's get to our special segment, Circle of Hell. The Circles of Hell. (laughs) And I have to introduce it in Lilum. That's pretty good. Um, actually, right. Teron's yeah, fluent, that, though. Uh, at the end, I don't... Mm. I actually just burped. I didn't oh, okay. actually say anything. Right, Sorry, guys. Uh, guys, the first circle of hell, because it is the first episode, is Limbo. And Dante first goes through that and meets some famous people. But it is resided by virtuous non-Christians and unbaptized pagans, which basically are punished with an, inter- an eternity of an inferior form of heaven. Which, in my mind, is kind of plays into this episode really well. It pertains to Lucifer because he's in Los Angeles. It's not the Silver City. It's not hell. It's just kind of limbo for Lucifer. His life's in limbo while he's waiting for Chloe to come back. Even after she comes back, he's in limbo because he's just trying to, like, figure out what she's thinking about him, what's going on. He can't move forward with the relationship that he's been developing for three seasons so far. He's officially in limbo. It also pertains to Chloe because she doesn't know what to do. Until the end, we see that she might be doing something skeevy with this priest dude, but... 
she's also in limbo because she can't just get back to work. She also can't just treat Lucifer how she used to treat him because she's seen the true face of the devil. So she, as a character, is also in limbo. And it also pertains to the case because just like uh, Lucifer and Chloe, all these people who uh, committed all these terrible crimes who are in this witness protection are being viewed by this the, the Marshall guy. They're in their own limbo. They're trying to make their life better, but really their life has been completely changed and they have to hide who they are. They can't grow to the point where they want. They can only attempt. And it's kind of interesting to to put these circle of hells and look at them in terms of the episode through that viewpoint. I feel my like my life is in limbo right now. Oh Are my you gosh, in hell? I'm in a circle of hell. And you didn't even know. I didn't know. Our creator, Kevin Undergaro, always says, limbo is for losers. And that's because when you are in that spot, you just aren't winning in any kind of way. You're not making a decision. You're just living out the same kind of day. And I feel like this is a really... I feel like they almost knew that the first circle of hell was limbo and the first episode of this new series launch was dedicated to this because it's too there are too many parallels well the next one is going to be the second circle of hell which is lust lust thank you i don't know why i couldn't think of the four-letter oh, word i thought you were just building tension i, I love building I anticipation. I, I thought this was like a drum roll please and now i'm snapping myself well, let's in. play but that game lust. each and every so time i'm excited to I'm see, excited to see two that is going to be lust lustful let's find out quick predictions one line from each of you your After Buzz TV predictions. No way Chloe turns on Lucifer. Somehow he gets her back on his team. I think Chloe turns on Lucifer. <laughs> oh, oh boy. I think Chloe turns on Lucifer. So all three of us. Different places. Different places for different <laughs> faces. Limbo. Where can people find your faces if you want to be found? Stephen Lemieux. You guys can find me here every day at After Buzz TV and on Twitter at Stephen Lemieux. You guys can find me everywhere at Roxy Stryer. And of course, I am Tehran. Literally, I am Tehran all across the board and hosting and paneling on a slew of After Buzz after shows. Make sure to tune in each and every week as we discuss all your favorite shows. And we're going to go through... Lucifer as we binge with you. So stay tuned for more Lucifer in the next hour. Until next time, bye. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 